Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone, and a bit of a role reversal today, kind of, sort of. We don't have Chris Nee. We have Josh Newberg, and Josh Newberg was on the bench all freaking weekend, like Chris Nee would be. So uh, so think think a better-looking, slimmer Chris Nee that we have on right now. Hi, Chris. I mean, Josh. It was an honor to sit in place of the great Chris Nee on uh, the CN Memorial bench this weekend. <laughs> Drove up. I got up at 4.30 on Saturday morning, um, arrived just after practice started, and uh, hung out till about 6 or 7 o'clock before I head back home. Um, it wasn't a junior day this weekend, um, but there was enough guys on campus that we care about for me to make the trip since uh, Chris had to be in North Carolina covering the hoops matchup. So um, overall, you know, there was nine, there was about nine or 10 guys. I think that we really care about that. I, that I spoke with, and it was good to see FSU get some talent on back-to-back weekends after the junior day was, you know, mildly unimpressive. Um, this group here was probably, um, a higher ranked, a more talented group pound for pound than what we saw for the actual junior day. But at the end of the day, it don't matter what they categorize as, as long as these kids are coming through campus, as long as they're meeting with the coaching staff and, and getting to know FSU better, that's all that matters. All right. So we're going to set up with, uh, this is going to be basically a recruiting centric podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about a commitment that FSU had to end things, but I want to go over the Friday and Saturday visitors because as Josh said, uh, there were a lot of big names on campus and, and names at positions of need, you know, high priority guys. So uh, we'll go down kind of chronologically of how the weekend went. This will probably be about a 25, 30 minute podcast, short and sweet. Uh, guys, remember to give us a five star review on iTunes, please. That does help out. Subscribe. Uh, we're continuing to grow. I know this is a bit of a polarizing podcast. You either were either your cup of tea or not. But for those of you who are listening and and subscribing and, and giving us good ratings, thank you. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I know there's a <clears throat> excuse me a lot of good that was gross a lot of good markets out there or look a lot of good podcasts out there in the market to listen to. So. Anyways, let's let's set up with the Friday visitors, Josh. Uh, let's see. We started off with uh, Josh Braun, who five star, uh, four star recruit, big time guy from uh, Live Oak, offensive lineman, left tackle, right tackle, could probably play guard too. Uh, good bloodlines with brothers who've played college football at a high level. So that, that's a that's a big name that was here this weekend. Yeah, family's all um, very familiar with Florida State through the recruiting of his older brother, Parker. His dad's a high school coach. We all know the story. Um, They've been to campus several times. They were last here, Parker and Josh, for the Duke FSU game. I think that was back in January. Um, So this would be his second visit of of the new year. And great to get him on campus. This was his first time meeting Randy Clements in person. Um, We've said that about a lot of recruits over the last six weeks. And we're going to continue to say it through the spring because offensive line is very important. And whenever you get a new coach at that position, you want to make sure that these kids are not only in contact with them, but going to meet them as well. So it's very important that we see Josh Braun on campus. Um, you know, I still feel like FSU is just at an arm's reach with him. Uh, I think the front runner right now would be Florida. But I've also told that Georgia's um, a, a team to watch, and it's very early. But FSU getting him on campus was a good thing, no question. So now, you know, we just got to see, does he come back for the spring game? Does he come back for a summer visit? I don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon, meaning not in the spring, possibly not in the beginning of summer, more likely later on. So um, this is a situation that we just got to keep an eye on. And and, and he's, he's worth noting because he's such a – 
a good talent in state. Um, but there are other prospects that FSU is in better contention with. And for what it's worth, I know the Braun family was really comfortable and familiar with, uh, with Greg Fry. So this is about reestablishing a, a relationship with Randy Clements. So yeah, no doubt, no um, doubt. And they've right, seen, well, you know, this is the third offensive line coach now that this family's gotten to know pretty well at FSU. So, um, I think, you know, from what I hear, Clements is doing a good job with them. We just got to, they just got to stay in the game and get in visits like this. Keep them in the game. Yep. Just let him keep showing up on campus. He's about an hour and change away from, from Florida state. So that's certainly plausible. Uh, who yep. else was there? The, uh, Brandon McGregor uh, from, uh, from Michigan. Yeah. The number one player in the state of Michigan was in town over the weekend. Um, I didn't get to speak with him. He's a little bit elusive. Um, he made it out. And, uh, without speaking to us, but Steve Wilfong caught up with him and it worked out better. Uh, Steve, he, Braden McGregor picked up an offer yesterday. He, he visited on Friday, picked up the offer yesterday. Um, the number 27 overall prospect. So he's just outside of being a five star. He's six foot five and a half, 248 pounds. Um, he's be, being recruited by most teams as either defensive end or tight end. Um, Florida state, it seems like some is a defensive player. Uh, he spent more time with Raymond Woody and coach Odell than he did, uh, anybody on the offensive side of the ball, Telly Lockett and those guys, but he's a great athlete could play either. Uh, he's on a bit of a tour. Uh, he hit Florida state and Clemson. He's going to go to Florida on March 21st to LSU on March 22nd. He's going to make his second visit to Alabama the off season on March 23rd. And then he's going to head to Penn state on March 30th. And all of these are unofficial visits on his own dime. Um, so it was great to get a, a visit by FSU, but I don't think he's going to stay out of the, uh, the Midwest or the Northeast. I think the main contenders in this one are going to be Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, Penn state, um, Florida state got him on campus. Um, he met with coach Willie Taggart, uh, Taggart put the full court press on him. You know, I just don't have much hope that this is a guy that we're going to be talking about in, in the months to come for Florida state. Can you throw a couple of cliches in there too? So I'm used to, well, that's what I'm used to with Chris. Can you throw like, check all the boxes or. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris, I, I text Chris that, um, Braden McGregor was on, on campus and he, he, he immediately said, uh, he's going to be the first six foot five and a half, 248 pound safety to play at Florida state slash offensive guard. All right. Because was there he, any... checks all, he did say he checks all the boxes. No, 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 he didn't. Did he really? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got me excited. Uh, was there anyone else on Friday? Yeah, there's one other prospect out of Atlanta, Georgia, Joquavius Marks. Um, okay. He's a running back. He brought the whole damn family with him. Um, that's always good to see. There was, I think, four or five. I know it was like his mom, his brother. And then I think there is some a cousin or I don't know. But he had like four or five people with him. And um, he came in for Friday just to watch practice. It was his first visit to Tallahassee. He's five foot 11, 190 pounds, uh, four-star prospect. As I said, number 12 ranked running back in the country on the composite. And, um, you know, we'll see, I know, you know, Florida state needs two, possibly three running backs in, in 2020. Uh, Marks is certainly a good one. This was his first visit. I fully expect him back. I think he had a great time. He's close with Dante Pimpleton. Um, so it was important to put the, the face to the, to the name that the coach he's been, he's been dealing with there. And Dave Kelly is also involved in this one as well. Um, so, you know, you got Toa Philly in there. 
maybe add marks with him and then go swing for the fences with a Tyree or Jalen Knighton. And that'd be one hell of a running back room. So Jaquavis marks now that he's been on campus, he's a name that we need to know with the running back board. And we'll continue to see, you know, if he's going to make a return trip in the future. All right. Pivoting over to Saturday first, real quick with your day on the bench on Saturday, what was the weirdest thing or the most entertaining thing that you, that you saw that wasn't recruiting related anything? Um, it was cold. I got on the Chris Nee Memorial bench. And as soon as I sat down, I was like, I'm not going to make it. I left St. Pete at four 30 in the morning and it was hot, sticky and humid. I had to go to target and get a sweatshirt soft. <laughs> the issue with the bench is that the sun doesn't hit it until well, there, like, and there was, three no o'clock in the afternoon. it was drizzling from about 11 AM on and off. Yeah, it was, it wasn't terrible. The conditions, it just wasn't right for me to be wearing a short sleeve t-shirt. Poor baby. All right. So there were, there were a bunch of, uh, a handful of really good recruits who, who braved the, uh, the 40 degree weather and the light drizzle to make it to Florida state. Uh, let's go with the big name, probably the top guy that showed up. That's Reggie Grimes, a five-star uh, linebacker, defensive end edge type uh, who, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big name to get on, to get on campus. Uh, my understanding is that he was a little bit elusive as well and tough, tough to get a hold of. Yeah, he doesn't answer his phone. So, I mean, we, we, and, or return messages. So we were trying to reach him before the visit. Um, and then, you know, after the visit, he was about to walk out the front door, the media, the media, me and Mike Langston were standing out there and he was redirected to a side door, um, and let out where none of us could, uh, interview him. So of course, you know, he's been a struggle to get on the phone since, but I've done a little, if I was him and I saw you guys and I was walking out the door, I'd probably, uh, do an about face as well. Nah, you know, at that point we were just tired and hungry. It was uh, about six o'clock. We've been out there for 10 hours. I think, uh, we, we didn't look too challenging, <laughs> but, um, he was there. I know he spent a lot of time with David Kelly. Uh, Kelly took him around personally for a while. Uh, Raymond Woody handled him a lot o- over the weekend or uh, the day he was there. He was there. He was there for a solid 10 or 11 hours. Um, I know he got there at least for practice. So that started at 9 a.m. I don't know how much earlier he arrived, but he was there with some family. I know his sister, I think a mom was there. Um, but they were on campus for a good 10 to 12 hours. So he had a great meeting with Coach Taggart. They spoke for about 45 minutes to an hour, just one-on-one in Coach Taggart's office. We had, we had a lot of recruits say they had long discussions with Coach Taggart. And that was one of the good things about this um, quasi-junior day. It was a lot smaller. Therefore, you had time to actually sit down and, and, and get some things accomplished greater than just a, Hey, thanks for coming to see our campus type thing. So, um, Grimes was there, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start hyping this one just yet. I think, uh, we're looking at most likely in Alabama. He's an Alabama legacy. Everybody I talked to coming in, um, within our company, some of our national guys felt strongly that he was Alabama bound. Um, I don't think this visit does a whole lot to sway that. I mean, FSU got their foot in the door by getting him on campus. Um, you never know what happens down the road. I think he did have a great visit. So if FSU can get some traction with him um, in the weeks following this and, and maybe get him back, I think because he had such a good time, he'd be he'd be open to coming back. But um, that's just something we got to watch for right now. I, I still think it's Alabama. All right, let's uh... – Let's go then to Isaiah Walker, four-star offensive tackle from Miami, currently committed to South Carolina. Let's see. Let's look at his rankings. 171 nationally, number 16 offensive tackle. 
uh, 24-7 sports. We have them as uh, number 67 nationally, so we're higher on them uh, than, than some other websites. So that was a uh, obviously another big name to get on campus, a good player at a position to need. You know, Florida State's still trying to load up on, on offensive tackles and offensive guards in this class. Yeah, now we're getting in. Now we're starting to talk about guys that FSU's uh, truly in the hunt for. I, I don't like trying to BS you guys on, on some of this stuff, but Asai Walker, um, he came in in town actually on Friday, so we could have covered him in the last segment, Brendan. But it's it's okay. He That's was cool. on campus. Uh, he was on campus Friday and Saturday. He stayed the night again on Saturday night, but I don't think he went back to campus in the morning. I think they got out of there pretty early. He's from Miami, Norland, so that's a long drive and, and Walker didn't leave um, FSU, the Moore center. He was one of the early ones to leave, but he still left at like three thirty, four o'clock. So he was on campus all day, Friday, most of the day, Saturday um, and spoke to us. Now, one of the things in, in talking to these guys is um, especially when you get to talk to a bunch of them in a row is you can kind of get like a feel for where they are in the recruitment, whether or not they're going to come to FSU that's secondary, but like, where are they? Is this kid about to make a decision? Is he, you know, far from it? And when I talk to Walker, I think he's still in the early stages of his recruitment, even though he's committed um, to South Carolina. I think that, you know, he's a bit naive about kind of, he, he's still almost in like the fact checking phase. Like he still wants to see some other schools. He still wants to get back to FSU. Um, I know a lot of fans are wondering, you know, are we going to flip him? Are we going to flip him and talking to him? Like, yeah, FSU might flip him, but this isn't, I can just tell with him. I don't feel like this is something that is going to happen in the next month, six weeks, two months, you know, like I think this is going to be something where he, he's going to go to Ohio state and LSU um, in the next couple of weeks. That's what he has on the slate. He didn't give me an exact date, but said he was going to go see those two schools. And then, um, he was going to go back to South Carolina for an official in April or May, the school he's committed to. Um, he plans on returning back to FSU in the summer, probably for camp, but he doesn't know for sure. He's got to check out his dates, but he did tell me that he wants to come back for the summer. Um, so, you know, overall six foot four, 285 pounds. I can you know verify that he had, a, he had he's got a, a strong frame, um, good lineman, very, would be a very good pickup for FSU, and I think that um, I think that they have a good shot at flipping him. All right, another offensive lineman. It's, a, it's easy just to transition when we're talking about all these offensive linemen. That's Richard Leonard or Richie Leonard from uh, from Coco. He's currently committed to to Kentucky. He's a guy that Florida State has started to make a push for, ranked as the number eight hundred recruit nationally on the twenty four seven sports composite. And he's offensive guard number forty eight, but athletically he could probably play inside or outside, but. Uh, but yeah, that's another guy who, who Florida State has kind of kind of sunk its uh, you know sunk its claws into and trying to uh, trying to get him on campus more and more and trying to flip him from Kentucky. I think is a guy that Florida State definitely wants. I guess what were your impressions when you uh, when you were able to catch up with him, Josh? Well, in contrast to Walker, I can just tell by talking to Leonard that he's a little bit further along. Meaning, like when I asked him where FSU stood, um, the gears were moving. He was you know you could tell he was really comparing where FSU stood to some of these other schools. And, um, he came out with some very, uh, very coach like speak, you know, he, he made sure to say anything good about FSU to follow it up with, but I'm, I remain committed to Kentucky. I committed to Kentucky for a reason. He said that like two or three times. Um, anytime he would say something real positive about FSU or another program. Um, 
So he wants everybody to know that he remains committed to Kentucky. He said, I'm committed to Kentucky for a reason. He didn't say the reason, um, but he said that, you know, that's why he's, he's remained committed and he's going to make it back to FSU. I think he, he said, he gave that look, he said, I might be back for the spring game, but it looked like, you know, that that's his very, his intention at least, um, is to come back, kind of gave a wink that he would be back. So he'll be at Miami this Thursday. Did he you wink back? <laughs> I did not. Okay. Uh, he goes to Tennessee on April 13th and he goes to Kentucky, uh, that weekend as well. So Miami, I, I, look right now, I think Miami is probably FSU's biggest competition. Um, More yes, so than Kentucky? Committed. Right. I know. Okay. I'm saying that about the school he's committed to. But yeah, I think in the long run, Brendan, I'm not talking about like today. Yes, of course, they have to overcome this commitment to Kentucky. But I think in the long run, when more schools jump in and offensive linemen, their stock always rises because they're at a premium. Um, when more schools jump in, I think that this one's going to really come down to uh, FSU or Miami. We'll see what happens. If he makes it in for the spring game, I might be uh, putting in a crystal ball pick for uh, for old Richie Leonard to FSU, but not quite yet. All right. So let's see. I'm trying to think. Anyone else that I'm missing here on my uh, – uh, Yeah, we had – I'll talk about Venice offensive tackle. Okay. Um, Thomas Schrader. He was in – he was offered on February 15th. So he's a he's a Randy Clements guy through and through. Um or no, I, I, I apologize. He was offered. That was, that would be before Randy was there, February 15, right? Or right. Uh, Randy was in, I'll just all blurring together, but yeah, yeah Randy, but Randy Sanders this, may have, may have been right. telling Kendall Browse who to offer for a little yeah. while. I think but regardless, safe this to say. visit for Thomas Schrader was about meeting Randy Clements because the two had not met. Um, but they've been in regular contact since his offer just over a month ago. Um, FSU's up there. Uh, right now it's Duke, Kentucky, West Virginia. I think Thomas Schrader at uh, how you know he's he's a big boy, six five, probably two hundred eighty five, two hundred ninety pounds, really well built. I don't want to call him lean when you're just under three hundred pounds, but he has that um, he has that build where he's just kind of looks like uh, like he could wield an axe. You know what I mean? I- Okay, Chris. Thanks for the weird cliche. That wasn't even a, that wasn't even cliche. It was just a really weird saying to use. He if he came out like on the field with the axe, if he, he was allowed to play with like an axe, I would. Axe. Um, I, listen, if they're letting guys play with axes, I, I I'd take my chances with the guy who has the weapon in his hand. Yeah, he's that's, going that's a good on recruit tour too. He must be on spring break because he's going to Auburn on Monday, Duke on Friday, and then Wake Forest uh, on Saturday. So, building axe. He's making the uh, he's making the rounds. Hopefully he has the axe in hand. <laughs> when he when he when he signs his national letter of intent, he's going to have the pen in one and then the axe in the other hand. All right. Uh, anyone else? Uh, this isn't the most poorly planned podcast I've done in probably a while uh, for a variety of reasons. So I apologize. Right. I'm, we're, I'm just re- we're just recapping. We're just recapping. We're rolling. You're carrying the show. Well, you're you're the host. That's why you have me on, Brendan. I'm just the guest. Um, Three star athlete Jaheim Bell, and I appreciate being a weekly guest. Oh, from Valdosta. Yeah, from from Valdosta, he was on campus. Um, he's really good. What do you you What do you like him as? Uh, I mean, he's just, he's an athlete. That's what I like about so much of the South Georgia guys is like when I talk to them, when like I put in the profile for probably about a dozen guys, and anyone that's a skill position player, it just says athlete. Like that's all they want to be listed as as an athlete. Uh, 
I don't know specifically where I would put him at this point. I think that's just a guy who's who's talented enough to where you could play him. You can project and kind of fit him into your class other ways. Yeah, he, he's bigger than a lot of linebackers that I've seen come through these past couple of weeks. He's six foot three, 208 pounds, um, broad shoulders, good frame. FSU clearly recruiting him as a wide receiver. Uh, he told me he, he mainly talks to Dugans, also talks to David Kelly at times. So um, FS, both of FSU's wide receiver coaches are, are recruiting him. I think that's a good sign of where he's going to be. Uh, use that if he were to come to FSU. Um, this was his second visit. A lot better than his first. He was there for the Clemson game. Um, and But this was his first time like really sitting down with the coaches, he said. That's something that stuck out. He is going to Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and FSU. Um, he'll be back probably for the spring game is what he told me, but definitely in the summer. I think I think he's a guy FSU wants to see more of. I know, I know he'd probably be a take today if he wanted to commit. He's not ready to commit, so that's not really on the table. Um, but I think ideally FSU would probably want to see him again in the summer and just just get him to work out and maybe try him at a couple positions within their own system and see where he fits best. But it seems like right now they like him as a receiver and they need big body wide receivers. They didn't get yeah. that except for Goolsby this past class. And, and they've done a nice job accumulating more quick twitchy guys when, since they've been here. So I think someone who's a little bit bigger and more physical on the perimeter makes a lot of sense for them. If that's, if that's how they view them. But yeah, I think that again is someone you can, tried a couple different spots you think chris would want to put him at safety oh definitely yeah. downhill in the box chris yeah, needs kind of safety hard yeah um a good thing for fsu they got time to to figure it out with jaheem he's going to narrow his list down to a top 10 in june uh, i can't remember what day but his birthday was in june and he's going to narrow it down to a top 10 so it sounds like we're looking at like a late summer fall decision for jaheem bell um right. anyone else Oh, I keep asking you that with the hope that you're going to say, no, no one else. We can move on, but I don't want to shortchange our audience. Um, well, there were the, uh, the Brown brothers that came in from South Georgia as well. Um, Josh Brown and Allah Brown, uh, both were kind of, were, were on the small side. Um, Josh Brown is a DB at about five foot 11, six foot. He's just not a guy I don't think FSU is going to have room for in 2020. Now his brother, um, Allah Brown, is a six-foot wide receiver, a little bit uh, bigger than his older brother already. He's a guy that I could see, you know, FSU targeting. Probably going to come. Both of them are probably going to camp at FSU. Lifelong FSU fans love the program, love the school. Um, they are they they do have interest. I know Boston College, Oregon. They they picked up some offers, so um, they got action. I know they want FSU. I just don't think it's coming. I, I just don't think this year that um, they need a DB uh, like Josh Brown, but he's on the radar. Uh, let me check. Is real there quick. anyone else? <clears throat> real quick, just make sure we got Walker. We got. Um, oh, of course, there's somebody else. Biggest news of the weekend. Oh, well, we can transition. I wanted to save that for the for the very end. Okay, well then, yes, let's let's we're, hit him with the grand finale, Brandon. All right, it was said. yeah, you forgot to say it was Zane Herring Day at Florida State. It, like it was, was a whole Zane day Herring Day, at Florida State. Woo! And they got um, a commitment. Yeah, let's talk about the we we teased it, but Florida State got a commitment, got a commitment from a kid right down the road in Madison County. 
someone who's really liked Florida State for a while, regardless of who the position coach was. He's always had an affinity for Florida State, and he's now committed to Florida State. I think this was a long time coming. And but he dude, spent uh, a long time on campus. He got he arrived on campus for Zane Herring Day at 7 a.m., and he left at, at about 6.30 p.m. So I don't know if he was held hostage and just was allowed to leave once he committed or – if he just, you know, loves hanging around the staff so much that he spent about 15 hours on campus. Um, but one way or another, they got Zane Herring committed. This was much needed. It was, we all knew it was coming um, over the last couple weeks. And, and even the last couple months, Zane Herring's been um, almost a vocal recruiter for, for FSU, mm-hmm. you know, not directly, but he has been, uh, behind the scenes talking to kids, you know, there, there was a lot of, uh, there's been a, there's been a lot of talk from Jeff Sims about getting Zane Herring on board early. And he did that. And I think Zane Herring, not going to be the same type of recruiter as Jeff Sims, but he's going to be a great recruiter for FSU. And you could see that in the story that you wrote, Brendan, I, I, I kind of tweeted it out with a little message. Um, you you did a story recapping the reaction to Zane Herring's commitment. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of fellow offensive linemen that reached out and congratulated him. And I said that that was no surprise because if you see Zane Herring at these camps and, and at these junior days and stuff, he's always got people around him, like uh, friends uh, or peers, I should say, fellow offensive linemen, fellow recruits. He's always got guys around him. He's always chatting, always a big smile, um, always looks upbeat. So it didn't surprise me that a lot of guys are rooting for him. So just out of, out of pure respect, a lot of guys are going to listen to Zane Herring when it comes to him pitching FSU to other recruits. And let's for perspective, you know, we've talked about a lot about Jeff Sims and the value that he brings to Florida state as a, as a recruiter. Uh, So now you have two guys who are going to be very vocal for Florida state fairly early uh, in the process. They're going to be talking about them coming to, I imagine summer camps and spring games and, and visits. And it's going to be relatively easier for both those guys to get to Florida state as well, both just to you know, drive down on, on I-10. Um, when was the last time, Josh, that you can remember Florida state having, you know, two type of bell cows this early on in a class. Uh, we've talked before, like a couple of classes ago, you had Amari Gaynor, uh, Stanford Samuels, the third at the class before those are usually just one guy. And they would do a lot of the work in the all-star games. These are going to be two guys who were, going to be getting the okay, I think, to, to do a lot of recruiting for Florida State with a big chunk of the recruiting cycle still remaining. Yeah, on uh, my nine years covering FSU, I don't think FSU's really needed um, multiple bell cows, but I think sure. this is the year where they really do. And for them to get two like this early on is huge. Um, I'm not saying that the staff can't recruit. I think they absolutely can, but after the season, after the, you know, really the last two seasons, and this isn't on the staff, this is just on where FSU is trending. But after the last two seasons, I think it's, it's tough for a coach to really say, Hey, we got this thing figured out and turned around and, and convince um, kids that, that the program's heading the right direction. But when you hear it from a peer, when you hear it from a fellow recruit, it just hits different. Like you can't, um, you can't discount Jeff Sims passion for FSU. You know, it's there for kids to feel that they, they want to see, well, if he's this passionate about FSU, I need to at least give it a shot. You know, Sims and Zane Herring are wearing me out. I need to at least see what they're, they're talking about. 
Um, you can, you can have a coach text you every morning, say hello and invite you to campus and it might go through one ear and out the other. But I think in, in this time, uh, this is exactly what FSU needs, especially in the off season. So we can get to the season and the coaching staff can show that we got this thing turned around by the wins on the field. So in the meantime, I think to create momentum, you're going to need guys like Jeff Sims and Zane Herring to do that. And in order to do that, you got to get them locked up early. And I think that's why I know a lot of people were saying, oh, well, Zane Herring's only a three-star. Why are we doing a whole day for him? Well, look, you get him committed. It doesn't matter. He, it, this, this commitment could pay off in spades down the road because he could be helping getting big-time talent. So I think FSU did a good job of saying, like, hey, Zane, today's going to be the day, bud. I know you, you love campus and stuff, but at least uh, – you know, pledge your commitment to us. And, and, and they got 10 family members on campus, um, to spend the whole day with them and it, it couldn't have gone better. And it and, ended with a commitment. And, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Blostein, our, uh, our intern, uh, extraordinaire caught up with Zane Herring. And, and I think the quote that stuck out to me in that story was Zane talking about, uh, his, his family and, and everyone was crying and hugging each other after he committed. So, you know, it, it, this was a long time coming, but mm-hmm. beyond just him being, uh, someone who's going to represent FSU well on the recruiting trail. He's a badass. Uh, there, there's more, there can be more talented, more athletic offensive linemen out there. But in terms of bringing physicality to the table, bringing just sheer effort and energy and tenacity, uh, brute strength, like he's got a lot of the ingredients needed to be a successful offensive lineman at the next level. And so again, you have that guy, he's a state champion. He's a winner. There's a lot to like about the take. I'm, I'm, I think that was just really good news for Florida State, and it's continuing some some decent recruiting momentum that Florida State's build, building up. But what are your thoughts on Zane Zane Aaron's game, Zach? Or sorry, Josh. I've been calling. Yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of what you said. Uh, the only thing I'd probably add to there is that he's not just a hard worker, but he's willing to put it in when needed, and um, he's just he he's a really smart kid. More about the way he goes about it. Um, I like the way that he shows up at camps, not caring what the cameras are, are shooting on him or what people are writing. He goes there to get specific work. Like we've seen him at some camps where he works specifically at tackle. We see him show up at others and, and work more at center and guard than he does at tackle and work all three positions. And um, he's got a broader vision of this whole thing. He knows he, I think he, you know, he knows he was going to commit to Florida state for a while and that's why I think he shows up at these events with more of a uh, workman mindset than, hey, I want to go out here and earn another star. You know, he's not basing his camp uh, success on whether or not he gets bumped in the rankings or not. He's going to there to work. And I think in the long run, that's what you want in an offensive lineman. All right. So I called you, Chris. I called you, Zach. Should I call you anything else? Um, no, just uh, call me the next time you need me. We done here? Thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. Thanks for bearing with me uh, after a long weekend. I appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll be back sometime later this week, I think, to have Chris Nee talk a little bit about FSU hoops, NCAA tournament, a little bit of spring practice stuff as we're kind of at the midway point. But we'll, we'll have that later in the week, hopefully. So, again, please remember to like, subscribe, uh, five-star reviews, whatever, on, on iTunes. We appreciate it. Josh, thanks for joining me. Guys, we'll talk to you next time.